On this week's general admission, we return back to our usual show composition by kicking it off with a ton of new albums to talk about from the last week, including Coheed and Cambria, Rise Against, Lit, Soccer Mommy, Alexis on Fire, Drake, Joyce Manor, Motionless and White, and Barty Strange. Reoccurring guest Nick Parko joins us to talk Weezer's new summer EP, and we wrap up the show with some music news and a special summer assignment from Brett. Okay, let's go. Okay, we're here, week 14 or 15, I'm losing count with the double episode, so now like our week count is not our episode count, but that's okay. I'm definitely rusty on what week it is after the last two weeks. <laughs> So it's I'll another, just go with what you I'll go with your word. <laughs> Week four fifteen. We'll just mumble it. Um, I've missed you, Brett. <laughs> missed you, but what an episode we had the last two weeks. Yeah, the draft was a lot of fun. It got got the people talking as drafts do. More to come in the future. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to do more of that format. Um we have a lot of albums to talk about. <laughs> A lot of albums. Three weeks um, worth. Yeah. So I think we have like nine we want to mention. <laughs> is so, it really nine? It is nine. Holy it, shit. <laughs> it's not, that's not counting Weezer because we had a so reoccur- 10 total on this podcast. Reoccurring guest, Nick Marco, came back as he promised after the spring EP to come back in the summer. So he came back. So Weezer will be our interview um, with Nick. But yeah. So what I did was, since we have nine albums to talk about, I numbered them all and I grabbed one of my uh, my D&D dice. So I'm going to roll it <laughs> and um, whatever number it lands on is where we'll start. That's a great strategy. <laughs> we didn't even like plan this. Like this is on the spot that I'm finding this out. <laughs> it was too many to pick. And I have I have so many thoughts that I wouldn't know where to start. So the only thing is it, this one's a 12 sided die and we have nine. So if it's if it's 10, 11, or 12, um, I don't know. Do you want to think of something random? <laughs> I guess anything that's not nine. If it's 10, or 11, 12, we'll talk about a Blink album. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Blink at the Colorado Avalanche game. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was awesome. Um, all right, let's roll the dice. Well, that's like, that's second half of the show chat. Five. So that is Barty Strange Farm to Table. It's a good one to start with. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you so, told me to listen to this. I did. I had not heard of is it him or is him. it a man? It's a him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that's like a reoccurring question I have for a couple of these Half artists of these. this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this was a really cool album. It was different than what I was expecting. Um, I'll let I'll let you go into it a little since I uh, I kind of just gave it like a listen off the cuff, but I did enjoy it. I'll say that. So much. I remember in 2020 he put out his was it his first album. I double check real quick. I'm pretty sure it was his first album, but I knew like this was a very highly anticipated album because like he blew up when he put out Live Forever. Ah. In 2020, yeah, I believe it was his uh, first album. Yeah, sophomore album, 
Oh, that's a sophomore album? No, no, that was, oh, no, his, was. First. This okay. is his yeah. Yeah. But to follow that one up with like just exploding right off the bat of your debut and to put something out like this, like it was just well, first of all, it was hard for me to get through the whole album because I kept hitting repeat on Heavy Heart. I think that <laughs> might be like one of the best songs released in 2022 so far. Like the lyrics are deep, the musicianship is great. There's like a horn section. Like I just like I couldn't get over that one song, but then like you let the rest of the album play and it's it's just as good, but like that song is just on a yeah. whole other level. It has like amazing build. And then the drums are like really cool. Like I noticed that on a few of the albums this week where the drums kind of do this like building drum roll that like repeats. I don't know. It's just different than like a standard like do 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 um I don't know. I'm I all about the those. build though. I think that's probably what really hooked me into. I'm a sucker for the songs that build up. Yeah. Especially as like an cool. album opener. Like and then the horns come in. Like I this album has it it just kept like making me like like double take on so many of these songs. Cause like I just especially not knowing like anything about him or his music. So I was like most impressed by just like the diversity between songs. Like the sec, I think it was the second song of Mahalan Drive. Like it almost reminded me of um, like a foxing song, like instrumentally. It was like a foxing song. That's a great way to describe right? it. Yeah. It had like that cool, like noodly guitar almost. And then like one of them, uh, was he like almost rapping on one of them? Like there was just so much, I don't know if it was rapping, but just like the vocal styles between songs. I wish I took more notes on this because it, yeah, like cosigns has more of like that's right yeah almost okay. like a, a hip-hop feel to it like it's just such a like musically diverse album is i was super impressed with it like he really got to flex his muscles on this one like live forever itself was a great album like i'm always gonna like link that album with covid because that was like something i remember listening to in quarantine but like he just somehow like i need to see him live i feel like to truly appreciate a lot of these songs even though they sound phenomenal, like recorded, but I don't know, just Barty Strange. I'm getting to become like a bigger and bigger fan, like with each release, it seems. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to Live Forever. And he has a live album out too, live at Studio Four. So, oh, so there we go. So I can listen to the live version. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, it's, um, it came out before this one. So I guess it would just be his first album. Unless there was maybe like a single he worked in. I don't I don't know. It doesn't look like it, but not that many plays on it, surprisingly. So I guess not a lot of people know it's on Spotify. The live album? Yeah, the live at Studio Four. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the lesser side. But yeah, I I definitely want to revisit this because this week there we had a lot to listen to, so it was kind of hard to like sit on albums a lot. That was um, the challenge, I think. That's why I like I probably should have taken better notes than I did, but there was just so much going on and so many songs going through my head. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of music this week, but I, I had a great time preparing. Um, all right. You want to, should we go on to the next one? Should we roll it. the dice? Roll the dice all again. Right. Eight. Coheed. Coheed and Cambria. I want to get the, the album name just right. 
Vaxis Two, A Window of the Waking Mind. So, full disclosure on my Coheed listening, I am not up to date on Coheed's discography. And I was always a singles guy when it came to Coheed. Like growing up, I had like, I had like, I, I probably am, but I had like 10 to 12 songs that I really liked. And I just kind of sat on those and had my little playlist and, and that was it. So um, this was the first Coheed album that I've really like dove fully into. And I had a lot of fun with it, especially cause like I'm super into like sci-fi fantasy. So it took me like, I went to the, the Coheed wiki, wiki and uh, I started reading all about it. So like um, Vaxis is like, um, their son, the characters, who I guess are like loosely based on Claudio um, and his wife, uh, is it Chandra Eckbert? I don't know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But... And they're Coheed and Cambria. They are. I... Is that Vaxis's parents? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, yeah, no. In the in the <laughs> um, what's it called? The lore. It's um, it's Nia, who is sister spider. And Nostrand, who is the creature, and Vaxis is their son. But I think it's all like loosely based, like he has their family in mind in real life. Okay. IRL. And um, so um I did like a little summary just just so we can know the setting for this um space adventure. Um this space the, odyssey. So there was this like great crash after the events of No World for Tomorrow, which is an album, correct? It's yeah, also a it's song. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. There. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was off that, but I remember that album. That one's been out for like a while. I, feel like. I think Feathers was on that. Uh, no World for Tomorrow. I forgot about Self-fed Feathers. That was one of my one of my uh, go-tos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was this event called the Great Crash after um, No World for Tomorrow. And certain planets were made into prison planets. And um, the, f- the first Vaxis album, but I don't think there's a Vaxis one. I was looking. So I don't know if it's just the first album that talks about Vaxis, but it tells the tale of these two new characters who I mentioned before, um, Nia and Nostrand, sister spider creature, as they struggle with being imprisoned in the dark sentencer and fight to secure the safety of their unborn son, Vaxis. So that's like, that's kind of the loose. That's the backdrop. That's the, that's the loose backdrop um, for this album. I really need to dig into the story and like learn it more because I feel just like I sh- as big of a fan of the band as I am. I really like know nothing about the story. I know like the Armory Wars are pretty much what it is, but I get so lost in the music itself that like I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics half the time, even though the lyrics like he knows how to write a chorus like better than some like pop artists do. Yeah. So those I know, but the stories that go along <laughs> with the choruses, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think there's like comic books and like all this extra stuff, if I'm not mistaken. There are comics, yeah. which I do want to read one day so I can finally understand what's going on in these albums. <laughs> but yeah, um, musically, like I was super into this album. Um, Comatose was like so good. The drums on that were just absolutely insane. Like their drummer, um, uh josh eppert epart whatever but he kills it throughout um, this entire album yeah like i'm not 
I'm not a drummer. Um, and drums stood out to me like big time. So I could only imagine if you play the instrument, how much more you can appreciate it. But the drums on this whole album were absolutely incredible. Oh, fun fact. So Vaxis One was the album before this, The Unheavenly Creatures, but in Spotify, it's not called Vaxis One. Uh, damn Spotify, messing up, messing up the lore. But a uh, okay. friend, friend of the pod, uh, Adam Grundy had a really great interview about the interview, great album review about this album up on chorus. And he actually got like retweeted by the band because I feel like he just hit the point, like the hit the point on the head, hit the nail <laughs> on the head with what this album is. So he says, I'll just read the line real quick. He goes, while making an effort to expand upon the universe, creating the armory wars story arc, Coed have simultaneously made their best album in quite some time that demands your immediate attention. Wow. Their dense stories about space odysseys and prog tinge rock may have been a bit intimidating for casual fans to fully immerse themselves in. Luckily for fans who are willing to give Coheed another shot, Vaxis 2 is easily their most accessible set of songs in the past decade and would be a perfect relaunching point to dive back into the world that this band has created. Well said, Adam. Yeah, way to go, Adam. We got to tweet that article out so um, people can find it yep. if they're listening. But The band tweeted it out, but... Oh, that's awesome. They haven't checked their DMs in a while, though. <laughs> Hello. It's, I'm still sitting on scent. <laughs> We're trying. Uh, yeah, this uh, he made a good point because it, it can be intimidating, especially with the big discography. Oh, then, yeah. you, then you throw like a backstory into it and it's like, forget it. But um, don't forget it. Um, no. give it. Give it a shot for sure. Um, there was like there were so many good ones on this album. Um, bad man was like it was super cool um it was like slightly different tempo than the other songs and had like these really cool vocal effects on it and then there was a solo behind the chorus which i just like like there was a lot going on but i don't think it it sounded like muddy or anything it was just a lot going on but they made it work and they, they can had, shred yeah and there's a line in it just that just says evil is as evil do which just makes me think of like an evil Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> now that's all I'm going to think of now when I hear that part. <laughs> Forrest Gump is Vaxxas. <laughs> it's played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> they ever make it into a movie, why not? And then um, Ladders of Supremacy. I just wrote, holy shit. Yeah. They, and they go right into Cut the Cord. Yeah. Like the last, the last three on this album, like, can stand alone as like its own thing almost like it really because one of my small like pro problems whatever you want to say critiques of the album was for like a, a rock opera essentially i kind of wanted the songs to flow together a little better like the first goes into the second but then that's kind of it for a while but then the last three all like make up one big one so that's cool obviously um yeah the last three like if you were gonna listen to only some of this album listen to i mean listen to comatose because that song shreds and then listen to just the last three in a row like windows of the waking mind feels like a miniature like movie experience oh it's huge it's so cool and that's I, like a, your more typical coheed song like, normally they make songs that are like eight or nine minutes long like this album really didn't really have that but 
again, it's like a great point for fans that don't really listen to the or people that don't really listen to the band to like jump in and kind of see what they're all about. Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely the proggiest Windows of the Waking Mind, the last one. Um, it's so like they could do a whole album like that, and I would be, I would be pretty happy with it. Got to dive into their back stuff. They do have a lot of proggy stuff in the earlier right. on. Yeah, I definitely have to find it. Like it, it just like it felt like like a little cinematic experience. Had like time changes and like uh, there was like a. Uh, I just wrote down like the da 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 at the end, but like I, I can't think of how it goes right now. <laughs> you did listen to a lot of music, so yeah, I can't find it. But um, and then there's like a minute left to the song slash the album, and like this like huge like uplifting strings part comes in that almost feels like something's about to start. So I don't know if this is gonna flow pretty nicely into whatever they have planned next. It could. That's how but, they started this one, because uh, "Embers of Fire" is like the instrumentation is from a song on uh, "Unheavenly Creatures." Ah, uh, interesting. Who I have was? to go back. It was a shame this week because, like, I got into a lot of these albums, and it it made me want to listen to previous albums to do like proper homework. And I just like, there's only so many <laughs> hours in the that day. That's a problem. <laughs> but, <The> old Flames <laughs> was the song on the last album. Old Flames. All right. I'll check that out. I'll check the whole album out now because I don't think we'll have nine albums to listen to next week. No, <laughs> be a little easier next week. Yeah. But last note for me here is Beautiful Losers. Like I listened to this album for the first time, like Friday driving. And I was just like beaming because like if I if we were doing a draft of like bands that have like the best album openers, like I would probably take Coheed as one of my picks. Like they just know how to open an album. If you were making a playlist, I'm pretty sure it would have to include like every first song <laughs> on all of their albums because they just know how to kick you in the face like right off the bat. And it's just, I don't know, like I can't even describe it. Like I was just sitting there so happy that like I had a new <laughs> Coheed album and like that it was delivering. Yeah. Like I already had like high expectations and it somehow blew them away. I know that exact feeling because you're you're excited for an album and then you're nervous because you want to like it. And when yep. the first song is good it sets the tone so nicely and it just gives you so much hope. And this album in general kind of gives hope in like it it's, in the nature of the song. So it, it was a nice combo. I don't know if you're doing a draft, if technically this isn't the opener because the first song is like an intro thing. Fair. Although it bleeds into track two. Yeah. So I would have to set some rules there. But. Yeah. <laughs> I think if the, the pre-existing track is under two minutes and leads into it, okay so i have to take that back then i feel like it it, most of them most of them are track twos with coheed because they do have like an intro track usually that bleeds into something that would be the weirdest topic for a draft the best second songs on albums (laughs) the best (laughs) lead-ins oh all killer no filler would be up there for me (laughs) that is a great one um all right let's intro draft let's let's roll again yeah we got to just get the playlist wars guys on and then <laughs> do all these Soon. ideas. With them. Soon. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're rolling. We're rolling. That's a 10. So, uh, NMO State's pretty great. I've <laughs> <laughs> already did. 10 again. Three. Ah, uh, 
Rise Against, Nowhere Generation 2, EP. Uh, I love Rise Against. They don't miss. <laughs> so they much. really don't. <laughs> they might be my favorite band in like the whole world. Minus Fish. Fish I'm... is separate. <laughs> separate entity. <laughs> Do you kind of wish this was a part of the original Nowhere Generation? Yeah, so... Or do you think it's good that they get this part two, kind of? You'd have to think about what songs from the original you'd prefer to be off, and then which ones from here you'd want to replace. And I don't know if I'm at liberty to make that call, because I really liked Nowhere Generation. So I can't think of any songs like... Yeah, I don't know what I'd cut now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, there's nothing on there that I wasn't like psyched about. Um, but pain management off uh, off this EP was really good. Like, it. I don't know how that didn't make the album as just like a 12 track or what. Like, I'd love to hear their reasoning behind what made it and what got cut. And then, I don't know, is there more that didn't make the EP? Yeah. Is there going to be nowhere generation two and a half or something? Like, how you feel about pain management is how I feel about the answer. Yeah. Like, I could have seen, like, that opening the original Nowhere Generation. Yeah. Um, it's, Even though I'm it's pretty a, sure they had a great over to the original. Yeah. Um, the numbers is, is pretty The numbers, yeah. Okay, solid. so maybe I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, back, to the, back to the track two conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, this had so many good, like, I really went into the lyrics on this one because I think that's what sets Rise Against apart from other bands is not only are they incredible musicians, but the lyrics are just out of this world. Um, like, uh, there's so there's so many good ones. Um, but on this time, it's personal. It's kind of a song. They've done this before, but it's basically just about, it's an anti-war song, essentially. And what they've always done with these anti-war sentiments is they don't rule their own country out of it. Like they're just not about war. And this, this line said, um, when these fields are overrun with children dodging, dropping bombs. Yeah. Your flags all look the same to me, which like, that's, that's brilliant. I don't know. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Um, the answer had, um, answered a lot of good lines in it um what is it um we all hide but this is not the answer our mouths our mouths shut our hands tied we no longer can sit while there's a war outside waiting to be won um it kind of gave me like the idea of like feeling helpless but like urging people to like fight on because this is like maybe when it's needed most like don't quit Um, yeah yeah um uh there, there was a lot of good ones. Um, Last Man Standing was cool because it's like one of those rare, like introspective Rise Against songs where he's singing about like a girl or love. And um, there's still like, it's still rooted in war. Um, but it has like an amazing bass intro on it. And I just love a good uh, Joe Prince Pay bass intro. Um, so it, it, I wrote down some of my favorite Rise Against bass intros. Because <laughs> it just sent me down this rabbit hole. So here's one to th- 
Here's my five favorite rise against base interest. Number one, like the angel. The dirt whispered. It comes in. It's kind of similar to how last man standing is. He's singing over it. Um, Blood to bleed. is just like, that's an older one. And then drones. is just awesome. That one might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're just they're just such a good band musically. Um, I thought holding patterns. Well, like we can't skip pain management. Um, that was another great baseline, but it had a great guitar solo and then went into this like incredible bridge and then had these like angry guitars. I don't know how else to describe it, but just like this chugging, like uh. and then holding patterns was to me like I don't know if it was um strongest lyrically but i thought instrumental instrumentally it was just like a classic rise against song like if someone wanted to know what rise against was like musically i think this song like really is a good indicator because it has like those drum and bass driven verses and then the guitar in the background just doing like a like it's very like they really love doing that and then like um but then the guitar comes in even harder after that which doesn't always get to do and it's solos and then you got tim screaming which he doesn't really scream a lot these days he let one out though yeah dude he holds this note into the last chorus and it just is like it's incredible his note holding on the answer like really stood out to me too like where he's just like i think it's during the bridge i want to say yeah probably and i was like he i was like after all these years he still has like a set of pipes on him somehow yeah yeah he uh... I don't know how he does it. Um, I can't wait to see them live because they haven't ever disappointed me before. So this EP made me sad. I'm not seeing them live this summer. <laughs> You're not coming. I thought you were coming. I thought I told, I I told you that. <laughs> I can't. Keep, I can't keep up. August got very stacked. Are you coming you to a day to remember? That'll be it. Yep. Okay, and you're coming to some forty one simple plan. Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And yeah. gaslight. And gaslight. That's September. And Mendingers. Uh, oh, yeah, I agree to that one. You have a ticket for me for that one, <laughs> I right? do, yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of this wedding. <laughs> Not my own wedding, in case anyone <laughs> takes it that way. In case you're wondering. <laughs> um, all right, let's roll again. Uh, let me I mean, highlight, what have we got, six? Let me Five. highlight the ones What that that we've done so far. Uh, right. Then four, this. four. Did we do four? I think we just did three. Six. You know what I have to say about six? Honestly, never mind. <laughs> I don't have to say about that. <laughs> um, you see, Drake released a surprise album. You have to listen to it. I think if you're like. A music fan you have to at least check it out i i don't know how how you don't and uh i Yikes. was not feeling it i was not feeling it at all no i think i made it three songs and said like screw this the last song is very good but that's like the only song he raps on on the entire album and i'm it would mean more towards like the rap side of drake than r&b drake and this yeah. album is definitely not for the <laughs> Drake rap fans. I don't think it's for the Drake R&B fans either. It's like no. a 
bad dance album of someone who just discovered autotune like a week ago. I don't know what I, I'll never like, like rail on an artist for like trying something new, but he, it feels like he tried something new and didn't try to make it good. I don't know. Cause he I, just knows like people are going to listen to like whatever he drops pretty much. Yeah. I kind of got that feel and like, I'm not like a huge Drake fan. So like, I don't know if it's going to like bother people or if I'm like way off, but from my point of view, like I just, I wasn't really about this. Even like his last album didn't really stick around with me too much. Like I love like a lot of his albums he put out like when we were still in college and even like the ones after that, I got really into, but the last two just haven't really clicked. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was big on a, if you're reading this, it's too late. Cause he performed that. Was that. Great. that was a mixed date. Yeah. Yeah. He performed that when I saw him at golf ball. So I would like, it made me like instantly a fan. I really like didn't like know him too well. I mean, obviously you know who Drake is, but like I didn't go out of my way to listen and seeing him like just command this huge crowd by himself and like nail these songs. It was awesome. Like it was one of the coolest performances I think I've ever seen. Um, so like I know he has Prime Drake too. Yeah, he went so hard on that album. Legend, Energy, Ten Bands, No Telling, Six Scott. Like, oh man, I, that album rocks. Um, he put out a one. What a time to be alive with Future that same year too, in 2015. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. That was a good one too. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's fine. He tried something new, but like he didn't do a good job at it. So no, <laughs> sorry, Drake. <laughs> All right. It's Drake talk. And that's our Drake talk. <laughs> <laughs> Next. One. Joyce Manor. This one is probably my favorite of the batch. It, yeah. It, um, uh, it's tied for me. This one was my favorite for a while until I started listening to another one that was, we haven't got to yet. But this Ooh. album was, was really great. Um, and it was 60 minutes. So like, that's awesome. <laughs> you could listen to like their discography in an hour, probably. <laughs> are all their albums like this? Most of them are like 20 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. I, I've, I've always known about them because they just like exist in that like, like, I guess, indie emo world. I don't know. They're in our genre. Yeah. But I never like really dove into them too much. So this was my first like sit down and listen to a full album. And I really liked it. You have to listen to self-titled and never hung over again. Okay. Yeah, Both I'll do. <laughs> this will be the week of follow-ups. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so like, uh, what's it called? Um, like literal. All his lyrics are very literal, which I kind of yeah. appreciate because I mean, I love a good like metaphor and all that jazz, but sometimes it's nice to just have someone just tell you exactly what they're thinking over some cool guitar riffs. And they just rocked out for like all 16 minutes on this. Like this was another one, like Souvenir. I listened to it like 10 times when I first listened to this album. Cause like, I just thought the guitar riff was like, yes. just like immediately hooks you in. It's so catchy that, that lead that they're doing. That and then one... it builds and then it explodes and it stays and that riff stays the entire song. Yeah. And I don't even think they sing lyrics with that riff. I think that riff's just like its own little yeah. musical part, which I, I think is very cool. Like usually when you have like a 
repeating guitar riff like that it's like echoing some sort of vocal melody but this was just like an extra vocalist but it was yeah. just the guitar and, and you have the bass yeah. like just like chugging right behind yeah. it. it's so good a lot of bass chugging on this album yeah that one gave me some weezer vibes and the last song gave me weezer vibes um souvenir kind of reminded me of tired of sex just a little bit i don't know if it was just because of the guitar riff or not but it might have been but um and then i can um, see that um mbta was uh um never be the same again yeah that's it i love how he just like repeats the chorus over and over like i wonder what the stands for then he sings the chorus like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it didn't take long um gotta let it go was phenomenal too yeah that reminded me of a third eye blind song that had like it was like a third eye blind blind vibes like graduate or something yeah all these songs on this album like reminded me of different like parts of the genre which i thought was was pretty cool um like you're not famous kind of remind me of um ordinary girl by green day just like that weird like off uh like that flat guitar riff kind of thing that they do i don't know it's just no i know what you mean though. yeah i don't know how to describe it but it's definitely just like some sort of like flat chord but it's great um there was a line on dance with me that I wanted to ask you about because I was reading it, trying to decide what I think he means. And he says, look at me yelling. Love is free. Then why is everybody always stealing shit from Best Buy? Could it be that room that the room's empty and I'm just tearing out my heart for the sound guy? I'm not sure what that means. I just like him saying love is free and people are stealing from Best Buy. Like maybe he loves like flat screen TVs. (laughs) It could be like the, the second part is definitely like him, like thinking he's like playing all these shows with personal lyrics and no one's there other than the security guy. Yeah. But the Best Buy part I'm confused about, unless he's like playing his guitar in a Best Buy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just a big fan of like low prices and great TVs. He might be. <laughs> you got to listen to that uh, podcast episode that Parko sent you with him on Band's playing oh, the yeah. Weezer one. So he talks about Weezer for five hours. It's a five hour. It took me it's a week to get there. actually five hours. That's wild. <laughs> but they had the songs in between. So like you get like a song oh, break. That's cool. Yeah, he was saying that. Shout out to like Van's Blaine. A huge Weezer fan. And you could see it in their songs too, especially when you listen to like Never Hung Over Again and self-titled. Like you're going to be like, wow, he definitely loves Weezer. Oh, I can't wait. All right, I'll get I'll get them uh I'll get those on this week, especially if they're short albums. It's always an easy to digest. Oh, oh, so I brought down I brought down the other die so I could roll a four-sided die here. No, that won't work. All right, let's just keep rolling. Seven. All right, we got one we didn't there get. You go. Look at that. Critical hit. All right. Alexis on fire. Um probably tied for my favorite. <laughs> Probably could have wrote the album names next to this list. Otherness. Otherness. With the face. The Joker face. Uh, it almost looks like, right? Yeah. All right, I'll let, I'll let you start this one since this is these are your guys. So I had hopes coming into it, trying not to get like my hopes up too high because I know it's been a really long time since they put an album out. But this one hit all the buttons for me that I love about Alexis on fire, everything that I loved about watch out 
and all their other albums, which I'm like blanking on right now, Young Cardinals, like they did it here. And clearly the time away did them good because they picked up right where they left off. And this one is probably one of their stronger releases that they've ever had. And Dallas still sounds so incredible with his clean vocals. Like they're, I can name probably like the amount of artists that give me chills on one hand. And him, he's definitely one of them, especially on a uh, San Soleil. Like I got like goosebumps, like with like his sync, his vocals all throughout that song. And I'm yeah. not, I don't mean to sound mean here because <laughs> I do love Alexis on fire. I do think they have one of the worst screamers of screaming bands <laughs> that we have around. <laughs> Uh, but then it's like it then it's offset by dallas though because it's like you have like this really gritty screamer offset by this who this guy is like one of the best singers around it's like you cringe and you're like oh (laughs) that's pretty much my alexis on fire reaction every (laughs) single time but it works here and i'm glad they're back and i'm glad that we actually got a new alexis on fire album nice i'm glad as a longtime fan that you really like it i i I too like agree. Like his voice is incredible. It's got like that, like it's kind of like washed out. I don't know. It's just like just gritty enough. Um, he's got he's got a great voice. Um, was I too mean about the screaming? No, I I don't know them well enough to really um, agree or disagree. I didn't listen and think, boy, the screams are bad. So take I don't mean like they're bad, well. but like I feel like there's better screamers around. Gotcha. Because his sounds like it's just all up in his throat when like most group, most screamers, they like their whole body goes into it. If that makes any sense at all, but <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I liked it. I I thought um, it kind of like sounded a little of the same to me, but of their other stuff. Just no, just like because I don't really know their other stuff very well. So like just in this album. I just thought like the songs kind of blended together a bit. Um, but I thought Conditional Love was really cool because that one was like the first one where I'm song. like, all right, they're turning up the heat. Like, like let's go. And um, it had a, a very repetitive guitar riff in it, but I don't know that that's, that's a bad thing. Like I just wrote repetitive guitar riff because they, they sat on the same one for a while, but like it was kind of cool. Oh, I guess that's probably a fair critique. Like they definitely have maybe better guitar playing on other albums. Yeah, it's not like nothing else was. It's going not on. like it's bad. Yeah. Um, no, it it was cool. Um, it it wasn't a highlight of the week for me, but I am very glad that you liked it. That's that's all I care about. Yeah, it hit all the buttons <laughs> for me. So nice. I was very glad. I think the lyrics probably with Sean Soleil kind of hit home too. Yeah, I didn't. It was didn't, pretty much like a love song. It's like you found me when like I wasn't sure of myself, basically. And oh, that's cool. And they're from they're from like, uh, the UK, right? Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Canada, eh? Yeah, I should have known. Then they have like flannel uh, suspenders on, just like got a Canada look. <laughs> Canadian look. It is a very Canada look. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's roll. We have uh, three left. We got to roll a two, a four, or a nine. Or we get sent back to the starting area. 
Oh, that's a three. Can't talk about Rise Against again. All right, this plan isn't working out as well. I'm going to roll the four-sided die. All right, there's a two. Motionless and white. Kind of in the same, similar vein as Alexis on Fire um, in terms of like the scope of all the albums. They were on the, the heavier end. Definitely the heaviest album. Oh, easily. Week. Yeah. Um, let's get the name. This album was, I really enjoyed this album. I'll say I did too. That. Oh, Scoring the End of the World, which is just cool. Um, and it pretty much lived up to that title. Yeah. It had so many like rock elements to me that I love. And um, no two songs really sounded alike for the most part. I thought it was a little long, um, but that could have just been my attention span waning. It was but, close um, to an hour, so I think that's fair. Yeah, but I like track like nine. I was kind of good. Um, and that's not to knock the last four, but I think I'm just like, I have a time I like for albums and this was longer than it. But um, he, his voice at times reminded me so much of Ben Burnley from Breaking Benjamin that like I had to check that he yes. wasn't featured on it. Like, you it beat me to that so point. Crazy. I was going to ask you if that's who they reminded you of. Not in every song, but like I think uh, Sign songs. of Life and uh, maybe Masterpiece a little bit. Yep. I had both those written down. Crazy, like uncanny. I it 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 was wild. Um, but then on other songs, he sounds like Marilyn Manson. Yes, yep. That's exactly what I was gonna say next. It's like how do you balance those two <laughs> together? I don't know. And then there's like Slipknot vibes on like yes. the real growly mm-hmm. ones. Like um, uh, which one is it? Um, Slaughterhouse. And I don't know what part um Brian Garris of Knock Blues is doing. But that song that was, was so heavy, so heavy. And it was it was like not not to uh, we won't get too political on this podcast, but it was rise against the in the fact that they were kind of like railing against capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> they said in the land of the free, you're a slave to your wealth. You fucking fascist die, you fucking pig. This is the <laughs> consequence of your opulence. You sit back as we collapse left to left to fight over scraps while you auction off your backs to buy your crown auction off our backs it's just man they weren't holding back at no. all <laughs> and then it has like this super literally violent breakdown at the end where he's just talking about like cutting these people up <laughs> and they have like the sound of like meat cutting at the end of this yeah. <laughs> yeah and it had that really like dissonant guitar thing that like a lot of bands do but um like a data member comes to mind with it sometimes when they get really like dark with it but oh man that song was definitely like my favorite of the album just because of how hard it went what about red white and boom with uh some bear tooth Ooh, see that was Caleb when i uh, bear tooth i don't know if i listened to the last two i <laughs> i didn't even realize so here's my question because i really appreciate it on track five they put featuring brian garris of knocked loose and i think more um feature credits should do that so then i don't have to look up the person and where they're from but then they didn't do featuring um caleb shomo of beartooth where's the of beartooth that would have said mick gordon yeah fish's bass player is mike gordon and i got really confused and excited for like half a second (laughs) 
They just like, end with like a fish song. <laughs> like, what's he doing here? <laughs> I gotta re-listen to Red, White, and Boom because I kind of um, made it to Cyberhex, and then I don't know why I didn't just listen to the last two at that point, or I just stopped paying attention. Could have been it. That could be it. Yeah. Um, we also become... had some Rob Zombie vibes too. Yeah, I thought it was very like industrial at times. Yeah. Like Nine Inch Nails almost. So it, it, yeah. I think that's why I like it so much. It pretty much blends like a ton of bands I like and like just throws them all in a blender and you get yeah. this smoothie, which like just hits all these different like music yes. taste buds, if you will. But a rock metal smoothie. Yes. <laughs> that is what this album is. And it doesn't. They feel... would retweet that review. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel forced or like out of place. Like, like I don't know. It goes from so it goes from slaughterhouse to masterpiece. A masterpiece doesn't scream at all. And then it goes to cause of death, which is super heavy. Again, they don't even sing to like the chorus at like a minute fifteen. So like but it all works. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it works really well. My my only critique would be that it is kind of long, but like that's just. That's not, it's not their problem. It's my yeah. problem. <laughs> and like Meltdown, the first one had like this like robot voice, kind of like, I forget what it was saying, but it was just like, you know, laying out. Like it felt like when you're like online at like a roller coaster and it's like, prepare for the drop or like some shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. Before you go know. down. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was like setting the tone for like a ride and it kind of was. Yeah, I never, I've like, I hear these guys like on Octane and stuff, but I never went out of my way to listen. Um, I feel like this one, like Disguise before this was when I first got into them because I had, I chat out my friend Greg, pointed them out to me. And like, I listened to Disguise for like all of 2019. And then to get this one, which might, I think might be even better. Greg still thinks Disguise is better, but. <laughs> That's well, well, I'll let you decide which one's better when you listen to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, give it, I was going to say give it a week, but I think it's been two because this uh, came yeah. out before the break. I listened to it on the way down to uh, the Carolinas and then I, I listened again yesterday. I do tend to get caught up in the moment on releases. So, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Where at least I'm honest. <laughs> um, All right. So now we have a four and a nine. So I feel like there's an easier way to do this than just rolling. If only I had a dealer's choice. (laughs) Here, here's a coin. Um, Heads is four, tails is nine. Heads, four. Lit. Lit. Uh, Tastes like gold. Tastes like gold, yeah. Tastes like gold. Um, What are... When was the last time you listened to Lit other than hearing my own worst enemy at a bar? That might be the last time. I feel like. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't say this to like knock them in any way, but I just want to know the page, this, the page we're on together. No, I think, it, I think you're right. Like the only reason I knew they put out a new album was because Playlist Wars did an interview with a, they did a show with one of the yeah. guys in the band, and they I, list, I listened to it. They put together, yep, they put together playlists on this album, and I was like, wow, if they're like, they're like, they're selling me on it. Like, I actually want to check this out now, and it hit that same nerve that listening to New Bowling for Soup hit. Like, it's these guys still making like the same quality music they did then, and they're okay with 
how old they are now. They're not denying it. They're like comfortable in that place. And the music reflects that. And I'm old now too. So I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm able to relate with what they're saying and it makes me like admire it even more. So never thought I would be listening to a lit album in 2022, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, me too. Um, credit to Playlist Wars guys. Um, check them out. Playlist Wars. Um, Coming up they, in a couple they, of weeks. They said it great because um, they said it feels like a late 90s, 2000s album with current day production. Yep. Which I, I thought really hit the nail. Exactly what head. it is. Hit the point on the head. Um, yet the first song was, it was a little, I didn't know that they like did this country thing for a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. had like this country. Like a twang. Going on. Right? Yeah. I didn't know that like, cause apparently one that they put out like a country ish album recently, not recently, but like between then and now. When and country's this was them like going back to like just their normal sound more or less. Um, Oh, my favorite off the album was Mouth Shut. There's like a, like a O-O in it. Um, I'm going to get it right. But yeah, he goes like, oh, da, 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 da. it's just like, yeah. it was such a nostalgic, oh, I don't know. It, it gave me goosebumps. Like, it's the just, late 90s, oh, oh. Yeah. Like, it just feels like an OO I've heard before, probably from him. And it just, I don't know, it's just a really nice sounding OO. <laughs> like, that makes the whole song for me. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's so weird. But yeah, that that one, uh, that was great. And like, the topic wasn't bad either. It's just like, don't talk about anything anymore. I don't, I always got a little confused on what angle they're coming at it from <laughs> yeah what their message is <laughs> but i guess if you want to just take it bare bones and that like it's it's probably safer to not open your mouth about stuff because you're going to cause problems yeah that's a pretty safe way to look at it <laughs> well that's yeah, probably what the message was for that one <laughs> what were some of your favorites off this album i think okay with that is the one that I, i'm thinking was like the bowling for soup one where like they're okay with being old okay with that i'm pretty sure that's the one or it's do yeah. it again i know i like both of those a lot those are my two favorites i might be mixing them together though yeah okay with that was like a slower one actually maybe it was do it again then and it was like i'd do it all again yeah 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 okay that's the one i'm thinking of yeah <laughs> do it again is the one where they say they do it again they do it all again <laughs> wow. go figure <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny if you just take choruses from songs, but just put them as the name for other songs just to like mess with people. <laughs> the other do it again is uh, Sugar Ray's Answer the Phone. I have that one over my head. No? <laughs> they you don't know a, that song? I probably have to hear it. It, so it sounds like it or it's lyrically like it? Lyrically. <laughs> He screams like, do it again, do it again in the chorus. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Shout out Sugar Ray. <laughs> Shout out Sugar Ray. <laughs> this is a Sugar Ray podcast now. They'll put out a new um, album next that we'll like. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a, a Cars cover on this. 
the that was the, a great cover the best car song or the only one that i'm super familiar with but it was a great cover just what i needed you don't know <laughs> oh best yeah, yeah, girl. yeah okay yeah i know way more car songs than i thought or at least two more than i thought and they had butch walker on that too which is a cool little uh duet if you will yeah he said uh like their kids play bit or in a band together something like that he was saying on the on the playlist wars podcast oh that's right they did say that yeah that was a cool uh, fun fact yeah <laughs> super fun <laughs> <laughs> no yeah this this was a cool album i didn't have like much expectations at all so like the fact that there were a few that i i like a lot is like that's all you can ask for yeah yeah Curious what you think of our last album here. <laughs> is this your favorite? This is easily my favorite. Of really? I have probably listened to this album like six times in the past two days. Sometimes Forever by Soccer Mommy, who never even heard of until you told me to listen to her. Thought they were like a Midwest emo band <laughs> based off their name. <laughs> nope <laughs> not a midwest emo band um a uh sophia um i'll have it written down over here sophie sophie allison sorry sophie allison um she she grew up in nashville but she was born in switzerland and then eventually moved to nyu so like she's she's got some uh She's been around music places and um, this album is like, it's like early 90s. It's like 90s. It's a very rock, 90s like, album. Mm-hmm. Done amazingly. And then it, it gives me a lot of um, like Moon in Antarctica, Modest Mouse vibes. Like You're nailing my like, notes here. <laughs> it gets so dark and like, like Darkness Forever is incredible. I cannot get enough of the song. That's a Moon and Antarctica song. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's so cool. There's just so much like attitude to these songs, and like they they go hard without like being heavy. Like I don't know. There's just like this like attitude to them that I just love. And then Shotgun, I think, is one of like the catchiest songs of the year. Oh, it's so good. Bones so, too. Yeah. The I. Like this is like album of the year contender for me right now. Um, I'm glad you liked it. I wasn't sure what you were gonna think. I, I, I really like it. Like I wanna, I wanna see her live. Like this is so cool. Because I love um, like Circle the Dream last, like uh, on her last album. That was I really wanted to listen to her earlier stuff, but I, I couldn't pull myself away from this. It's so not dark I'll, like I'll this, or wait. some of it is, but it's definitely like writer singer songwriter kind of thing it's like oh, brighter, similar brighter. sounding but it's like brighter. brighter this one like how we said this one got a little dark yeah like a dark 90s alternative almost that uh, one's like 90s alternative too but like a little the shades are open not they're not closed very nice very nice yeah she had she had some quote i was reading an interview um i forgot to write it down but she basically said like she likes like tapping into that like dark side but like not letting it consume her which i think is i mean probably the, safe, the safest way to do it if you're gonna yeah. like 
if you're gonna write like stuff like this um otherwise you end up like too many artists that yeah fall victim to it but um there's even like nirvana something in the way vibes on some of these songs too yeah yeah i just i love going into a an artist or an album more importantly an artist where you know nothing about like i didn't even know it she was a girl singer, like clicking play on the first song. So like I was completely and I was like vibing to bones. And I'm like, oh, this is really like nice. Like this is just I was kind of listening to it at like 2.30 on like a Wednesday. I was pretty tired at that point. Like it's almost caffeine time. I was just like sitting on my desk and just like vibing to it. And then Unholy Affliction was like slow and dreamy. And all these songs had like really strong bass lines, which I just love. <laughs> yeah, the band is just great with her yeah yeah so soccer mommy is her but she tours with a band and it's like her band and i was looking at like i follow her on instagram so i can like see what she's about and when she like debuted the album she uh she like added everyone who was involved and all this stuff like super super humble um i gotta go see her now yeah i was huge fan of this like damn because i don't know we get we'll get into it with nick in a little part of my gripe with weezer was that it's just like kind of lacking that like sincerity and emotion and i feel like a majority of all the albums we just talked about really leaned into that sincerity and emotion well like and this one by far the most joyce manor um parties definitely parties yeah so um that i don't know i just uh i really appreciate when an artist is uh singing from the heart and not just trying to make great songs but doing both and if an artist doesn't sing from the heart and makes great songs like that's still cool not going to write them off but when they nail both it's just it's something special yeah exactly um yeah that's our that's our die that's our our 12-sided dice it's a solid average so eight out of nine we're good yeah if you want to just base it on that easy <laughs> scale <laughs> good or not good good or not good <laughs> i like it i thought about like putting like a number out like of like five or ten um, per album but i don't know just i'm not i'm not into that i'd rather just talk about what i like and don't like yeah <laughs> easier um and i think it's fair for all of all, like all these albums too because they all they're pretty much all doing something different yeah i'd say they're very different actually like looking at the full list again but yeah no i'd say really no two are alike i i would put coheed alexis alexis on fire and uh motionless and white in like the same grouping they could be on but, the same tour yeah, but they're all pretty different. And then yeah, I guess I could see Joyce Manor and Soccer Mommy together. Um, Drake's by himself. <laughs> Drake, Drake's just dancing to his bad club music. I listened to that album while getting ready for a wedding. And I'm like, if this isn't the right setting for it, I don't know what is. And it yeah. just didn't. That's usually not a good sign. Yeah. I I asked I asked my cousin who's like the diehard drake fan what he thought because i wanted to hear what what like an actual fan of drake's thought about it he said 
I, I actually really like it. Everyone was expecting bars and shit. That's why they are bashing it. But he switched it up. It's still warming up for me, but it's on repeat. So I don't know. That to me, that sounds like a fan who doesn't like it and wants to wants to like, like it. trying to. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do have one more album to talk about. And as we mentioned earlier, we have a good friend of the pod, Nick Parko, on um, to discuss the new Weezer summer EP. So um, we're going to throw it to that and then uh, we'll see you on the other side and we'll talk some news. We now welcome on friend of the pod, first ever returning guest, Nicholas Parko. Cool kicking back in your computer chair. You summon Nicholas and Brett. Hey guys, we should torture the Nick Parko. Yes. Why don't we do it for our entertainment? Nick, we go round and round and around again. <laughs> Another season of Weezer. Are you ready? You somehow <laughs> one-upped your last intro from the last time <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, I was less pre- prepared for that one, though. So I haven't listened I, to I, the I song. I once again have enough. no witty comeback for you. So <laughs> thank you. I'm glad to be back. I haven't listened to the song enough to know the cadence, so I kind of just won't. <laughs> Full disclosure. I... I I assume that's one of the songs on, on the EP we're going to talk about. I <laughs> that was Lawn Chair. It, yeah, that was Lawn Chair. <laughs> I for sure haven't listened to it enough to be able to, unless I hear River singing and know that it's a Weezer song. <laughs> I feel like we all did the same thing on this one. It's like a couple of listens. We're like, all right, it's enough of that. Yeah. Um, rarely does it feel like quiet. homework. This was homework. It, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> Um, Do you guys like it more than than the spring one or no? I think I, I like spring better. Yeah, I guess there I'm was some higher here. I mean, I like the like the instrumentation better on this one, but the lyrics just completely went the wrong way for me. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. Um, there were cool like there were a lot of cool parts, like cool guitars, and uh, they got the a little cool- heavy. Blue Jazz had like a sweet guitar riff and the end of like the last song got pretty heavy. But I don't know. I just like couldn't get interested in it. I don't know. Um, how do you feel, Nick? Like, did you get to listen to it a couple times? Yeah, I took notes and everything in preparation for this. Um, I, th- I do think I like it better than, than the spring one uh, because I think it, it has higher highs uh the lyrics to me like yeah that's a wash for like the last seven records they've done it's fair so i'm kind of <laughs> numb to the to the lyrical part of weezer at this point but musically i thought it was a big upgrade as you guys were, were kind of touched upon a little bit um i think there's some really really good moments on this one with that being said i want to read you something off the wikipedia page because i read this like when i was like getting ready for the podcast and i couldn't believe what this one review said so this reviewer, name him Alex Hudson from Exclaim, which I've never heard of before. But he said, this is their heaviest release that, and it surpasses Maladroit and Van Weezer after largely praising the EP. I don't think it's anywhere near Maladroit. It's, uh, Maladroit to me is like a different band. Yeah, it is. The band that made this. I mean, it's the same lineup, I think. I think Maladroit was Scott Schreiner's first was Maladroit before or after Green? It was the one right after. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's the same lineup, but yeah, totally different band. I couldn't disagree with that more. And that was a really heavy. That might be their heaviest album. I would say that's their heaviest and most guitar-driven album. Yeah, that's for sure. Like like riff heavy album, because you know it's power pop. It's all super guitar-driven. But as far as the riffs and stuff go, yeah, I think that they kind of peaked when it comes to that stuff with Malage, right? And I don't understand how anyone could listen to this. And, and, that. <laughs> and I'm not like, I, I love Maladroit, it, like because it's part of the early stuff. I don't like it as much as Blue or Pinkerton or a couple of the other ones. Um, but to even put this in the same sentence with Maladroit is weird. I get Van Weezer, but like, don't go to Maladroit with it. And Van Weezer, they were trying to be like an 80s metal band. So it's like, I don't really get the comparison. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, review at all I, I actually i did see that quote because i have the wikipedia up too for for summer and i was just kind of flabbergasted when the, just the part that it, it was like overwhelmingly a positive review i don't it, it's whatever it's just blah like the most most of their recent output it's just better blah than than the other one this year is how i how i would put it we're only halfway through <laughs> How many days has it been? <laughs> it's been exactly. I think it's only been like a week because it was on the summer. Days. Days. Like on the official first day of summer, I think they're released. I think that's how they're doing all of them. Yeah. Like next one is September 21st, I think. Okay. Yeah. So like roughly 90 days or so. Do we know anything about that whatsoever? I like... know. Fall. I think that is not the one they're trying to do the strokes sound. He teased a little bit. I had higher hopes for this. Do it at least once for this. So yeah, (laughs) Weezer makes like to me great summer music, and I just feel like this like missed the mark a little bit. I wanted more like (laughs) I almost want to say I wanted like more poppiness, but I don't know if that's really the right way to put it. But it just kind of felt like I feel like Rivers is out of ideas, (laughs) like just with this whole like season thing in general. Did the like, lyrics give that away? We're only yeah. halfway there. I mean, we're halfway through the year. So, yeah, I think the lyrics, you're right, Brett. That's kind of now that I'm looking at it, like that's what turned me away from it. It was just like the record song was probably one of the ones I liked more. And the lyrics were just so like they were too literal for me. Like, I feel like that's a song like some kid in school writes, like, I like records, la, 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 la. I like Nirvana and Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Like- I'm shaking my head, I, I that's probably my favorite song of either of, of the two EPs so far. Um, just because I think the chorus is like just vintage, really big, really catchy chorus. Um, the lyrics around it and in the verse and the Rihanna stuff. Obviously, I, I, I don't really care about that. But I, the chorus is so damn catchy. It's the catchiest chorus they've written in a while. They do know how to write a chorus. I'll give them that. Yeah. And they are like, he did kind of string these EPs together a little bit. Because like you, he kind of went back to that Angels on Vacation theme with like lawn chair. Like now they're back in heaven. They're bored. They want to torture humans. So I guess he's trying to have some kind of like three line or free through line. Through line? That's the word? Yeah through all these EPs, but it's not the greatest storytelling or songwriting on his part. 
props to you for reading that deep into the lyrics because I would have never made that connection. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I just heard too. Angels again. I was like, oh, he's talking about Angels after Angels on Vacation. Yeah. I think that's I, the I only thing I connected. <laughs> I did like in Seasons. I, I like whenever he mentions Nirvana because it's something they've done in a bunch of songs. I know they did it in in Heart Songs on the Red Album. Yeah. Talks about listening to them for the first time on Suzanne. So, you know, in Suzanne, when he's like even Izzy Slash and Axl Rose, the original lyrics were even Kurt Cobain and Axl Rose, but he changed them because it came out after Kurt Cobain died, I think. Or uh, I guess live, he switched it up um, uh, yeah, after Kurt Cobain died. But I do like when he hits Nirvana because I, it just gives me hope that, like, oh, he still remembers yeah. like how he got here and the, like, hit the original influences from the, you know, the really good era of Weezer. That changed like his whole music world, didn't it? Never mind. Uh, just by reading into how he's referenced them, yeah. Specifically in heart songs. Yeah, I thought records was almost like a like a store brand version of heart songs in a way, or it's maybe even lower, or maybe even lower quality. Emotional. <laughs> Every yeah. album you got less and less emotion um, lyrically with them, which is why I'm kind of past that at this point. I. Just kind of enjoyed this because I I just listened to the instruments themselves and they do kind of show off, specifically him and Brian Bell or whoever else is playing guitar on, on the recorded versions. They they're having fun on this album with the guitars. It's a good guitar album. Yeah, it's just everything else around it is just not up to the high points that Weezer can hit. Not that they've hit them in a while, but yeah, I feel like it's it's just as overproduced as the last however many albums basically i feel like since the red album it's just been down yeah it's just kind of missing that like grit because like there is like heavy guitar and it's distorted and it's it's raw but it's just not it's not raw enough like i don't we are such a weird band to talk about i don't know why i just always struggle like getting my thoughts out on them because they've done so many different things and like you he wrote Pinkerton. Like, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I love him for that. And it's, I don't want to sit here and say, like, I don't like his new stuff, but like, it's just missing. What drew me to like Weezer always was just like the emotion and the sincerity. And I feel like that's all gone. I, I think Spring had more like sincerity in the album than this one. This one feels a little hollow. I, I did think like, like oh, oh, go ahead. I did like Blue Like Jazz a lot because the guitar riff is, is pretty awesome and he has a line about like 16th notes and stuff so that's like a little like meta and there's like this muted string thing they do into the chorus which is really cool um yeah the instruments on this are great i just wish you could get the lyrics like in check and i'd be, just be I'd average be with them instead of just spreadsheet <laughs> the, the master excel sheet yeah <laughs> I, like i hate to break your heart but blue like jazz is probably my least favorite song on the album yeah. Um, how, how come? Because the rift it just sounds like it's from Trans Siberian Orchestra, not music. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, the I do like music from Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> it, it's just not them. When I the first time I heard it, I, I was like, I feel like it's December and I'm at a Trans Siberian Orchestra concert. <laughs> like that is so not them. That's the uh, winter album. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that would have made a little bit more sense. Um. I, I just didn't. It doesn't sound like a Weezer song to me. 
Yeah, that's fair. I think that's part of what I liked about it is that it just it caught me off. That's guard. also fair. Yeah, because <laughs> I was listening and like the fr- the intro is like whatever, and then it's just you know it's just a little poppy, and then all of a sudden comes in like out of nowhere like this. Like, oh, what's going on here? All right, maybe maybe there's some life to this after all. Um, yeah, the there was like a lot of cool parts, but nothing as a whole made me like psyched i think this yeah. coming out with that broadway announcement at the same time like it makes total sense like yeah. some of these songs sound like they're like almost writing so they can perform them on a broadway stage yeah what's the good of being good i wrote that same note down but even in in records the, or, or in in lawn chairs the opener right between that and I'm sorry I'm forgetting the names, but I, <laughs> I I definitely haven't listened to Spring since we recorded that episode. Opening night. Um, both of them have like this big orchestral opening, like beginning yep. both those songs. So yeah, that definitely also lends itself to being played on a stage, uh, like a Broadway stage, I guess. I think that would be cool, to be honest. Like, I think it would make me like everything more to just see like another element to it. I didn't look, but I, I read that the tickets were like astronomically expensive. I can imagine. Uh, I didn't hear going, going for seasons. <laughs> it's a whole, it already exists. Like, I thought he would wait till it was all out, or is he performing like. It's spring, summer, uh, fall, winter, and then Encore, which would would lie if I didn't say I was a little bit tempted because if they play deep cuts, like, I will be pissed if I look <laughs> at the set list, then they play like Jamie or something. <laughs> Yeah, that was Jamie's so good. Yeah, because because I, I read the press release and it said there's it's the EPs with with Weezer deep cuts thrown in. Though at this point, I don't know if that means like Chicken and Blue Album B sides or like the fifth song off a of Hurley. Like I don't know what gratitude <laughs> a deep cut at this point. You know, is it like the song that Michael Sarah sings the chorus on in in, in Hurley, or, or is it like I just threw out the love of my dreams? And I'm definitely not spending money uh, banking on it being a good B-side. Has he done any yet? When does it, do we know when it starts? September, I think, right? September. Yeah, so my, I mean, I'm not good. I I don't know when winter solstice is, but definitely not September, right? So I guess they're going to play it before it's even out. I think so. That's the one they're trying to be, uh, what's his name? What's that singer-songwriter's name? Elliot Smith, yeah. Elliot Smith, yep. Can't wait for that. So that'll be full acoustic, I'm assuming? That's a dude who is just like all lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Just him and a guitar. It's just all about the lyrics and and no spreadsheets. As, as we've gone over, yeah, they're like the anti-Elliot Smith now. Maybe he's saving the good stuff for winter, lyrically. I, there's been one, but like I really like records and, and I the a little bit of love it has grown on me. So there's been one solid song on each one. Yeah. So yeah, that was Brett's to me, theory. To me, it's not like mm-hmm. Like they're out of like, ask for at this it's point. still in there somewhere, you know. Like they still they release way too many albums for my liking. Like the inputs too high because not a lot of it's good. But there's always one or two solid songs on a Weezer record. Wonder if like them taking some time off would be good from like releasing albums because like I've been listening to, like a Alex- out or is it so Nick? You might know this <laughs> answer, but is it Alexis on fire or Alex is on fire? We still oh yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, I, don't uh, know. <laughs> I, I should know because when I was in college, I was a DJ at a radio station that played that type of music. 
Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. I think it's Alexis on fire. It's Alexis on fire, right? Okay. That's what Thank I have always called them. Is that the yeah. is that Dallas Green's band? It is, yep. But yeah, like they just Okay. But like they just put out their first album in like a decade last week. And it's really, really good. Like I'm not gonna get into it too much because I haven't talked to Nick about it yet, but like it just shows like if you spend some time away and then come back together you might just be able to like find something again instead of just pumping out stuff year after year or multiple times a year as Weezer's been doing or he could just write pop songs for other artists and then save like the other stuff for Weezer I don't think he can stop at this point like he needs to be writing constantly is the vibe I I agree with you I don't think he can stop but he could stop Weezer yeah (laughs) he doesn't have to stop writing I mean I don't want to stop Weezer. I want to make that clear, but maybe. I view it as they just, they always want to be touring because it's in, in this era, like that's the only way you make money. Not that they're like, I'm not crying poor for Weezer. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) They've sold like a bajillion records. Um, They were rich by like 2000 probably. Um, But they tour a lot. Like they're on that tour right now at Fall Out Boy and Green Day. They headlined a bunch of festivals. Um, I actually, since we last spoke, I saw them at a festival in Tennessee. Um, and they headlined it. They closed it on Sunday night. Wow. It was ridiculous. I was like, how do all these people know all these songs? Um, so I can never, they're never going to stop because they just keep making money. They're on Kimmel every time. They're, uh, every time they make an album, they like do the late night stuff. And then they go on tour and they make a bunch of money and then they go back to the studio. Um I wish they would take a break because if you look at their discography, the most recent longest break they took was from 2010 to 2014. They released Hurley in 2010 and then everything will be all right in the end in 2014. But that was but a great since album. Since then, it's just been like an album every year. And yeah, so the evidence shows when they take a break, it works. Good things happen. I mean, and the, and the longest break is between Pinkerton and Green. Granted, it's because they basically broke up. And I don't there, but there's a break between Blue and Pinkerton too, right? Yeah, like only one or two. A couple years. years. But the green was like the comeback because after Pinkerton was for I was five years old, but for some for some reason it was it was uh just bashed so hard that he was like, screw this. So. Maybe we need to bash him really hard to motivate him. <laughs> yeah, I not that I'm going to blame the media because I'm not one of those people, but it, it's really obvious that after Pinkerton was received so harshly, he just threw like throughout every piece of emotion in his songwriting. Um, you see it like once an album, maybe, but he really opened himself up on Pinkerton, obviously. Um, and they've just never been the same since people say it's Matt Sharp. I don't like that argument. Um, no. I, I just think he saw at least in the beginning how many people didn't like Pinkerton and was just like okay screw this I'll just write pop songs without any emotion and still make money and that's what he's done for like 25 years since Pinkerton he's great this might be like a dumb question though but like seeing how much people love Pinkerton now like wouldn't he you think he'd like at least try to like return to something like that once with like as many releases as they put out my guess would be like he was really he was relatively young when he wrote the blum and pinkerton i imagine he had a lot more to be upset about when he wrote pinkerton like now he's got a family and 
like successful career, money, yeah. Grammys, and this and that. So, my guess would be yeah, it's it's sure. not even in there anymore. It wouldn't be sincere. Then, like we'd go full circle. <laughs> Unless you're yeah, right about winter. We go from it's, we go from there's not enough emotion to like this is fake as hell. Yeah, that's that's. I would almost point. rather just be okay with what they're doing right now that's than if tries to fake it. It's so interesting with these EPs because there's so many parts of it where like you hear. I mean, it's it is Weezer, and you hear like I think, uh, um, what's the good of being good? Like that chorus is like classic Weezer to me. Like his voice hits the high note. It's got that nice range and everything. Um, it's just like a classic Weezer chorus, but um, for some reason, like it, I was like kind of bored, but like it's still there, it's still in him. Um, I did note uh, in that song, like I, I wrote a few notes for each song, and for that one, I wrote like, yeah, the the, the chorus is great. It's vintage Weezer, um, the the falsetto, love yeah. it, um, and also even even the lyrics when he's like my no loving wife to smile at me, like. That's like the return of Incel Rivers from like <laughs> basically him saying things like that. Yeah, that song. Now that you mentioned the lyrics and that, that those were kind of interesting. I guess it was just him like thinking about if like he had nothing that he has. Like I didn't read too much into it, but a lot of it was like, like you said, like no wife, no daughter to dote on. Uh, something about like. Um, your best friend steals your woman like it was pretty negative i don't know even the title is like oh wow he maybe like maybe didn't get 100 percent of this from the excel spreadsheet <laughs> maybe he like sat down and wrote what was on his mind in that moment i be listening to that one now what's the good of being good story of weezer <laughs> what did you guys yeah actually the I lyrics in this i want to just make because i was kind of hating on the lyrics this one looks like pretty good, like poetry of sorts. So I want to give him credit where it's due. This one's got some some lines that are that are interesting. Unlike Cuomoville, which the, the title, I almost wanted to just skip over it off the bat. <laughs> we were talking about that before you jumped on. <laughs> like, did he really the make have for it. The note I have for it is like that is so aggressively ballsy to write a song called Cuomo film. <laughs> that's just insane. Um, though I like the guitar now. solo. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I wrote for that solo. one. <laughs> yep. Cool guitar solo. <laughs> Musically, it's very good. I will give the whole band credit for that. I'm not yeah. questioning that at all. That's the main reason I like it more than, than the Spring EP. It's because musically, there's not like computerized like orchestra sections like there was on Spring. Or Shakespeare references. Um, <laughs> this is more like them. I'm not going to say like the like back to the shackish, but this is closer. Yeah, th this is closer than they've been in the wild to sounding like vintage Weezer. Um, it, it's the lyrics just suck. <laughs> yeah, but cor I, I keep going back to the play thing in my head because kind of corny or like cringy lyrics. Yep. If you put them on a stage and have people acting like that might change the whole vibe of it. Like, did you see the photos they released with this EP, the new band photos? <laughs> no, I haven't seen like, any. It, since actually, the I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I think it's on their. We. I think it's on their Spotify page. It's not worse. It's not worse than the Elf Years, but it's yeah, like it's the banner on the it, Spotify page. It's, it's like a live action role play. But you bring up a good point. It's like Broadway level dramatic. Those photos. 
So now that we're into the second one, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head where maybe that is the theme. Like they're preparing, you know, they want it to be super dramatic. So it'll be good on, on Broadway. Um, I do wonder where they're going to fit these songs live. Because uh, when I saw them a, a couple months ago, I don't think they played any songs from spring. And it was after we talked. So I know they're on tour now in Europe with, in, uh, with Fall Out Boy and Green Day. It's like they're saving them. Yeah, I, I like. I, I guess maybe they're just gonna do it for the Broadway run, and that's it. I could kind of see that. Like, it's just like, like uh, I don't know, like how Mike Hem did the Black Parade and like came out as the Black Parade. Like, maybe this is yeah. their like theater thing. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, the more we're it's talking just, about it, the more I'm it makes a lot more <laughs> sense. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. Yeah, it just makes so much more sense in my chemical romance because they were always just like dramatic theater kids making emo music yeah and i do think looking at these album covers like when all four are out and you can put them in a neat little box it's gonna look really cool it's one thing they're good at is album covers for like outside of hurley (laughs) they're good at like (laughs) keeping in theme with albums albums. gratitude was kind of strange to put the dog yeah (laughs) actually yeah gratitude is probably as someone who loves lost i don't hate the cover of hurley um just really random Ratitude's just the weird one. Um, and, and the story behind the Hurley cover I read recently is like that guy likes Weezer, went to like a meet and greet, took a picture with Rivers, and, and Rivers cropped himself out and made that photo of the album. That's awesome. It's just ridiculous. Man. Might be the worst one, but probably the best story. <laughs> yeah, everything else I imagine is. St- I would love to know the story behind the Ratitude cover, though. I don't know it. Um, I do think that Dwight from The Office named that album. That's a nugget in my brain. The guy who plays Dwight. That sounds, that sounds like something he'd do. And friends with, Ray with Wilson. Rivers and, and name that. Rain and Rivers. They should make their own band. Hey. And do s- albums about seasons. <laughs> what did you well, guys think of the uh, the single release, though, that you would like have your phone spinning to listen to it? You told me about that, but I didn't. I didn't get to try it. No, I waited till they put the EP out. <laughs> you can't even to get you in the singles with a gimmick. Can I? <laughs> I want to get dizzy for like it's spinning good, for it's four a good minutes. Gimmick, but like it's it was a cool gimmick. Uh, I did it for like two seconds, and my dog started barking, so I stopped. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't need to hear it that badly. Um, also, they did it like twenty four hours before the single came out. Um, I might have actually legitimately tried to listen to it if it was like two weeks before the single came out. Yeah, they really waited a long time in this one. Like, Parker, we were talking, and it's like, are they going to actually drop this on time for you to come on this week? Because, like, we didn't know mm-hmm. if they're going to actually stick to their dates, and the next thing you know, it's out. Yeah, you would think that I, – I, I'm not sure if it's the, the solstice of every season, but I don't think all the, all the release dates are out yet for the other two. I would imagine they're done with them, though. Like they're I, planning I Broadway. This. Yeah, but I, I, I think – I would bet the songs are done for all of them already. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I don't think they have time. They're just, they do what they do. They tour relentlessly every year. So especially in the last few years when they weren't able to, it's like they're doing it on overdrive now. Winter Solstice is December 21st. And if Weezer's putting out an EP on December 21st, I have high hopes for it. (laughs) Because they are such like, like all the... Um, like 
angel references and all this and then like all the christmas songs he picks are always like the very heavy like religious ones and stuff so like i could see him going all out for an album that comes out a few days before christmas you ever listen to the christmas album have i i love that (laughs) (laughs) that's part of my christmas tradition christmas eve wrap the gifts and listen to that (laughs) i love it's all like super he picked all the rock music I do like the Killers Christmas songs that they release every year, but that's that's my extent of listening to like oh. modern rock bands. That's why you hate Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> Correct. I have seen them though. I saw them. I got free tickets once to see them, and one of the main reasons I went is because I heard they always bring out a special guest. And I saw them at the Prudential Center in Newark when I was in college, and Joe Walsh played guitar. And it was it was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. I thought you were gonna say Bon Jovi came that's out. What I was gonna say. <laughs> I would have walked out if Bon Jovi showed up. <laughs> it, you're from New Jersey. It, you know it, like whether you know it or not. I this is depressing. I know, like, have a nice day. Like that's what I know about Bon Jovi. I've never listened to Slippery When Wet. That's him, right? Yeah. Uh, or or New Jersey. Like now, it's been all Springsteen since I was like 12 years old. I bet if we yeah, played his top 10 songs, you would just like know at least oh, eight of them. No, absolutely, because they're on the radio constantly. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. we live in New Jersey. <laughs> yep. Didn't Paul McCartney just bring him out? I think he came out and Bruce came out. And only one of them performed with, with Paul McCartney. Punch Jovi just was like, hey. He just stood there. <laughs> and then they played a Bruce oh. song and he was not involved in it. Oh, wow. That's funny. He just like was side yeah. stage, just kind of walked out a little. I think too it far. was. I, I think it was McCartney's birthday, and they sang "Happy Birthday." But then Bon Jovi walked off, and they played. I think it was "Glory Days." I'm pretty sure. That's cool. That's really awesome. I really wanted to go to that McCartney show. I just couldn't yeah, just spending that much money on a concert. I had a wedding. I looked. I looked like 48 hours before, and it was like I'm not spending 400 dollars for nosebleeds. That's insane. At MetLife, which I've I've seen you two and I've seen Springsteen there. And I would so much rather see both of the see anybody at an indoor arena compared to MetLife. MetLife just sucks for everything. So <laughs> yeah, the both football teams suck for yeah. sure. Um the stadium itself sucks. I'm doing an outdoor venue. I, I want like PNC or, or Jones Beach in Long Island. Like were you at the PNC show for Weezer years ago? I thought that was a great time. That was a great show. Because you nailed it with the festival. Like, they really, they can headline a festival. Easy. Absolutely. They it can was, command a crowd easy. They have more hits than they can probably play in, like, a whole headlining set. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if I was, I saw them at PNC with the Flaming Lips. Oh, that's I cool. think. Another um, theatrical band. Which was weird because the Flaming Lips played first, which... I feel like indie street cred, like the Flaming Lips <laughs> are much more respected. Even this is probably like Hurley era Weezer, but even then, definitely like Pitchfork and all those places definitely respect the Flaming Lips. Oh, movie. yeah, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, seeing them two months ago is my first time seeing them in a while. How, how did that? It was, it was incredible. It was at a Beale Street Music Festival in, in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and it, like they closed the entire festival down. There was tens of thousands of people there screaming every word to every song they played. And they didn't mess around with the set list. They played a bunch of blue, um, a bunch of green album stuff. They even touched Pinkerton. 
they played covers like it was yeah they know how to put on a show that is one thing i will never complain about with them um their most recent output can be shit whatever but they know not to shove it down people's throats when they're playing a festival where there's like no diehard weezer fans there it's yeah, weird how similar like them and green day are now like their recent output's not great but they still like put on like an amazing live show great comparison now, i've never seen green day um but dookie's like one of very few albums i i might like more than pickerton and blue um but yeah and it's it's the same thing they never stop they just make constantly are making albums i would give i would say as far as their entire discography though like green day did have american idiot um which i guess sticks with the broadway theme right yeah it does yeah um, but that's thought like, about that before. Wow. I would argue that that I might <laughs> like that album more than Dookie, and like that's an absolute masterpiece in the second half of their career. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath on Weezer <laughs> releasing a masterpiece in in this leg of their career. Unfortunately, never know. <laughs> never know. Maybe you just need to see these songs on Broadway. It'll be a masterpiece. If I could somehow like get a get a press pass or something, I guess I would go. Yeah. Um, but I'm not paying to see them on. If I didn't pay to see Springsteen on Broadway, I'm not paying to see Weezer on Broadway. I think that's fair. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. You go broke seeing all these bands, especially now all the bands we grew up with are so big that it's not yeah. just like $40 to like the local club venue. You're dropping 100 plus to Even get like bad seats. Like Gas Point Anthem at PNC. It's like, I saw them for like $15 once. And I guarantee yeah. you that $15 show is going to be a million times better than what they do at PNC, which I'm probably still going to. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess we're just old now and the bands we like just play bigger rooms <laughs> and are in more demand. It's crazy. Not the Menzingers though. We can still see them for affordable price in smaller venues. Right. On the flip side, though, like I wish they were more successful. I wish they I were playing. I think they're one of the best bands of the past. Like they're one of my favorite bands of the past decade. So on the other end, yeah, I wish they were playing. I wish they could play PNC and sell it out and charge more because that'd be awesome for them. They'd be successful. Otherwise, um, I guess we'll see you in eighty-seven days on the first day of fall. <laughs> oh man, can we enjoy summer first, like the actual season, autumn, not the EP? <laughs> I don't. I want summer to end so we can get the next Weezer repay. <laughs> and this is the one that's going to be Strokes related or influenced by. So they say. Oh, I mean, huge Strokes fan. So I, I guess I mean I'm going to have to listen to it at least once for this. So hopefully it's better than these last. So even though I really didn't hate the summer one that much, um, hopefully they just keep getting better. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Either way, it's fun to talk about. For sure. Yeah, and, including all the tangents we go on. Yeah. And I ended I I got to the end of this conversation liking the album way more. I, I don't know if I listen to it again if I'm gonna feel that way, but talking about it made me like it more. I feel the same way. Like there's more thought put into it than I gave it credit for at first. You mentioning the like the Broadway theme of all four of them. Yeah, it's kind of eye-opening. Like, you could absolutely see it now, and I'm kind of seeing it in a different light, too, this specific EP. Yeah, hopefully we, can, check out. we can see it on YouTube eventually. Like, yep. Yeah, that's what you're going to say. But right? I was just about to say, <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, the Broadway shows? 
yeah put it watch on dvd on i'll buy it or stream it DVD. i guess dvds <laughs> <are. Streaming>, yeah. <laughs> Get a VCR tape. Yeah, I, although <laughs> I don't know. Give me a VHS. You guys think like streaming services are going to be battling over a Weezer Broadway production, like a right. bidding war between Apple TV and Hulu for a live Weezer of a bunch of songs that only nerds like us know? It'll be on like Vimeo, <laughs> or they'll just put it up probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They will probably put it out. Yeah, yeah, like charge like five bucks on their site, or you know, don't charge us, but. They'll check yeah. <laughs> That's fine. One Apparently, that's my theory of why they're still doing this all together uh, is to charge us to do stuff. So, um, well, Nick, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Of course, um, I'll see you guys in, in how many days was it? Eighty-seven. Until well, I'll be back on here in eighty-seven days. Okay, we're back. Thanks to Parco for coming on. Uh, we're now going to deep dive into the recent R. Kelly case. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he did get sentenced, though. 30 years. For something we know he did, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 45 people came out and, like... Yeah. Uh, that's horrible. But at least he's, uh, he's getting punished now, finally. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to talk about that no. <laughs> anymore than we already have. For documentaries that did a much better job than we ever could. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that documentary. I think I watched some of it and then I just like couldn't do it. A tough watch. Yeah. Well, it seems like it helped get him arrested. So or sent to prison. Um, on a lighter note, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Front Bottoms put out a new song, a new old song. Um, more than it hurts you from uh, the grandma EPs. Like, so what they've been doing is uh, they have all these like old albums that were never like actually released, but if you know them, you know them kind of thing. And these songs are so good. So they've been redoing them and releasing them. So I think the next album is going to be called, is it Teresa? I think so. (laughs) Like the cover is like him throwing a Nerf ball to his grandma, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. Uh, I love them. Did you listen to this? Does this count as a single or not? I kept my rule. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen. I gotta listen. But have you listened to like My Grandma vs. Pneumonia? Like the album that like started all this? That one I like. Li- oh, so I do I probably do know, know the song then. Yeah. This is uh this is uh staring at unfamiliar ceilings and i should leave because everyone here is tripping some new jokes oh, so they, they really did that one why because i don't have the money and i've been thinking about cutting my hair short i've been thinking about growing it long uh i love them <laughs> i love that just the one that like vinnie was that the song that vinnie was hoping that they redid or what's the uh, one that he really wants them to re-record uh, remember we were talking about it at the show yeah in the fall i don't remember but they have so many. It's funny. They uh, they released the track list, actually. And I didn't recognize, like, a ton of them. So, like, because they had Grandma vs. Pneumonia, Brothers Can't Be Friends, and then there was one other. So maybe, um, maybe it was from that. Another one was called, like, The Wind or something that seems kind of familiar. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. But I'm very excited. And they announced the tour with it, which is awesome. But it doesn't, the New Jersey dates. 
No, no Jersey dates. I mean, they gave us the those Jersey City shows, so that that might be why. Um, the closest is is Wontog, New York, and it's not Jones Beach because I think that's the same area. It's just like some like music hall that I never heard of. So, I don't know. I'm not completely ruling it out, but. I've been kind of trying to commit to less shows. There are a lot this year. Yeah, like August is just going to be off the wall. And like, we're getting a puppy in two weeks. I don't know how we're going to like have a puppy and then go to all these concerts. Like I'm stressing out about it because me and Nicole are going to a lot of these together. And like, I don't know. <laughs> Can't just like leave a like eight week old puppy home alone for like more than two hours it's true <laughs> so i don't know her mom's gonna have to watch the podcast yes. i get some family help <laughs> yeah yeah um but so i'm trying to dial back shows because i keep finding shows um there's so many i saw i was going i was talking with a friend at work about like heavy music so i was kind of going down that rabbit hole like emo heavy music and sleeping with sirens is on tour and i their first album to me is like one of those like flawless albums so long i know it's them and like uh i think point north is that what they're called no uh, north point north point yeah that, that might be it <laughs> <laughs> uh, tomato tomato <laughs> but yeah it's just like like a thursday night in in manhattan which is like that's like my favorite kind of show because I know I don't have anything to do on a Thursday night. I don't have to worry about like actual plans, but I have a puppy now or will have a puppy. You have a puppy soon. Yeah. But my cousin really liked that album. He's like never really been to like a rock concert. So I I know, but, but I can't, (laughs) I can't September. We have gaslight and October, right? (laughs) Is that October? I forget. Technically, you still have the MyChem ticket. <laughs> you still have claim to it, at least. When is that one again? That's September, right? Yeah, that's like a Wednesday. Them in Midtown. Yeah. Not a, well, not a hard no. I'll remind you I'll what the price wound up being, and then it might be a hard no. But Then that might be a hard no, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, at least, I'll at least reach out to you first before I start shopping around. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what other news? What other news for the week? Um, Before we jump off front bottoms, I have a question. Oh, Maybe you'll yeah. have the answer. Why are those three original albums not on streaming? Um, they did them like pre-record label, and it's just like Brian and Matt, and like they're like objectively bad but that they're not, they're amazing. And I love them, but like the quality is bad. The vocals are extremely raw. Like, I think, I think they're great. Like I still listen to grandma versus pneumonia. It's on YouTube. Like YouTube yeah, it's it. really good. Yeah. But it's definitely like rough. So maybe they just, maybe this is, they're just doing these Grammy P's and like, that's it. Cause I, I did get to interview him like years ago and I asked him about it and he said, we have something in the works. We're going to do EPs with those songs. So 
and that's what they've been doing. This is like the third or fourth. There's been Rose and and uh, well, Rose is probably my favorite. Yeah, Jim Bogart and uh, that whole thing because that was like the first time I saw them live. I think was when that came out. Uh, Flying model rockets. That's another one. Like and the way they redo them, not all of them. So like this one they put out this week is pretty much like note for note, tone for tone, the same song. But like Flying Model Rockets, he kind of like puts inflections in different spots on the newer one. So when you're really familiar with a song and you've listened to it that many times, you know exactly how it goes. And then all those slight differences like you pick up on. But I kind of like the changes the more I've had time to like listen to both. It just sounds a little more uh, like flushed out, flushed out, whatever. Um, And they've grown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're so good. I, I really want to see them. I just, I don't want to go that far. (laughs) Be patient on that one. If like there might be a Starland show or something before the year's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good call. Um, We also have, uh, there's a new Shinedown album coming out uh, tomorrow, Friday tomorrow when this airs um expectations aren't very high for that one um so i've kind of had this weird like conflicting thought with bands lately and i i need to talk this out with you bands that go too hard on promotion turn me away from their stuff is that fair because they're still a business and ultimately they want to get their stuff out there and make money so is it fair of me to judge them this way? Follow-up question, like too far in promotion in what way? Like what were they doing? Um, well, it's just a lot of posts, a lot of hype, um, which I guess like you're hyped about your album. Right? But I don't know. Today they announced like an app where like you aim it at the sky and it tells you like where planet zero is. And like, I don't know, just put out the damn album it's already they like don't have two months doing... delayed because of vinyl um i don't know it just comes off a little too like businessy for me but they are these bands are business yeah <laughs> i think like for like an up-and-coming band if you want to do something like that i get it you're trying to get your name out there and get people to buy like your albums for a band like shinedown though you don't have to do anything yeah or Am I giving them like more credit than they deserve with how much I think they've earned in all these years as a band? They're pretty huge. They just like, I don't know, like they, they must have someone like running their Reddit page because someone has just been posting like, like something in like the art of the album style with just the number of days till the album every day. So today one came up that said two on it. No one comments on it. No one discuss. It doesn't, invoke any discussion like i don't know just stupid i can't imagine there's some fan who's like i want to post this picture of how many days i don't know maybe it's just it just like kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth yeah and with them like i don't think i've liked an album since amaryllis uh or was attention attention okay was the last one devil because that album was pretty good i thought oh yeah actually no attention attention was okay but i really really didn't like threat to survival Attention, attention had Bully and all that. No, Devil. Maybe the one you're talking about had Bully? Threat to Survival. Amaryllis did, yeah. 
Threat to Survival. I, uh, cut that the turned cord. me off them for a while. Cut the Cord was good. Um, it's really the only one I like recognize looking at the track list. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Eh. They... First three albums I absolutely loved. Amaryllis I liked a lot. That's Survival. I didn't listen to Shine Up for a long time after that one. And then Attention, Attention kind of reeled me back in a little bit. They've gradually been transitioning from like, like almost like a Gaslight style, like American rock band to like this like anthem band. Is that? Yeah, especially with their live shows. Yeah. And they put on a great show, but they do do the same like spiel every time, which also kind of comes off insincere. I don't know. Doing the same thing twenty or ten years later. Yeah, they just feel a little too much like a machine right now instead of just like a band who's having fun. The guitarist looks like he's having fun, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still gonna listen to the album and like I like the singles. Not that you would know. (laughs) Yep, and it's gonna be all new to me on Friday. So that's pretty crazy because Planet Zero the title track i'll at least spoil this much for you it's pretty awesome like it's a pretty killer guitar riff like here as long as there's like, heavy guitar riffs in the shinedown song i'm probably gonna like it it's i feel like they're just survival like there was less of that than on earlier albums yeah i didn't yeah i'm not as familiar with that one as like you're right so i probably just inherently didn't like it and forgot about it <laughs> i mean i'll probably have to revisit it now just to see if Maybe it was just I was into different stuff at the time. Yeah. I don't know. But like I'm on their Spotify page right now, and there's a whole section called merch, and it's just big pictures of vinyl that says on sale in giant red letters. Like, I don't know. Come on, guys. People want to buy your vinyl, like they'll find it. Yeah. Just a little, little too much here for me. But they're a huge major rock band that probably employ tons of people. So Good for them. I'd probably be doing a similar thing in their yeah. position. So I can't judge too harshly, but just uh yeah, a little too much promotion. Um, in other news, um 2000s rock band Amberlin, we talked about them last week. Um, they just signed with Equal Vision Records. And we'll be making new music. They have a new EP coming out on July 29th called Silver Line. Um, similar to the whole Shinedown thing I just went on, these guys made a whole big event of retiring, doing other stuff. One wrote a book. They had a final farewell tour, all these shows, there. all this merch. And then like not even like five years later, <laughs> it's, it's at least less than 10. They're just like, oh, we're making new music. And if you're a fan, you're psyched. But I don't know. Don't do a farewell tour if you're not sure it's farewell. (laughs) Is that so much to ask? I think that's fair. Especially when you're as young as them. It's not like they're like, like, I don't know, like Elton John or something who's like, this is a farewell tour. And then a year goes by and he's like, huh, I still feel pretty good. I guess I'll keep going. Like these guys were at no threat of stopping other than maybe they were bored so i don't know what's that all about amberlin come on 
Did you just want to like sell a bunch of farewell merch that is now a lie? <laughs> and you went to didn't you go to like three of the shows on the farewell tour? Yeah, we went to back to back nights. They played like full albums, and then no, they they uh, they played greatest hits, and then instead of an encore, they encored an entire album, which was pretty ridiculous. That's like what Front Bottoms did when we saw them. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean. They're a great band. They put on great shows and I like seeing them. I just, the whole farewell tour is annoying, especially when like it was so short-lived. Like they were, they were putting out, they were doing live streams during the pandemic where like you had to pay to watch, which again, these bands are businesses that you can't make money any other way during the pandemic. But like, did you call it quits or not? Like, like which one is it? You do a farewell tour and then you're asking people to buy virtual tickets. It, uh, I don't know. Then it makes me think, are you making new music because you want to or because you want more paychecks? It's a blurred know. line there, it seems. Yeah. Is it sounds Nicole like excited I'm, at least? Nicole's very excited. And I wouldn't say all this to her, so we'll see if uh, she listens. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to like, what's it called? You know, yuck her yum. <laughs> Like your favorite, <laughs> your favorite band's coming back, and you're super excited. Like, good. That should be I, a segment. I want you to be. <laughs> Yuck your yell. We just get super negative. <laughs> Could have Goldie on for that segment. <laughs> Every time I talk about a band to him, he just like <laughs> shits on him. <laughs> I asked, "Have you been watching uh, the Sex Pistols show on Hulu?" No, you told me it's good though, so I have to start it. I like it. I asked Goldie if he was watching it, and he goes unfortunately yes that piece of crap show <laughs> like just went off <laughs> like oh i thought it was enjoyable <laughs> apparently it's just not very accurate which i always take those shows with a grain of salt but usually if i like uh what's it called when it's like a documentary but not 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 a mockumentary but like a rockumentary Ooh, it's not what i was going for but i like it <laughs> No, I don't know. It's just like, it's a, it's just a TV show that's like a docu-series. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Um, usually if I enjoy that, then I'll like find the book because there's always like the book. There's always a book behind so, the series. I haven't even listened to a single Sex Pistols song since watching the show. I, they seem to me like a band that is more enjoyable if you were like in the era, in the scene when all this was going on. Cause like they pretty actively talk about like not being good musicians. Like they were just trying to be like anarchists. So it's, I don't know. I think it's, it's really interesting like hearing their whole story and I don't even know what happened to them. I don't know who's dead, who's alive. So like, I'm not even looking up history. Cause like it'd be a spoiler. <laughs> the show should get uh, into that. All, I'm sure. Yeah. All of that. I should say. Yeah. Um. And then lastly, we have like kind of not great news, but Travis Barker was in the ER today. I didn't see that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Someone, someone told me like maybe pancreatitis, uh, but I don't think it's been confirmed. So like, I don't even know. Which is getting his appendix out probably. <laughs> Hopefully that that's all it is. But like, it just seemed like out of the blue. Um, here's a Yahoo article. 46-year-old drummer, sick, intense pain in his abdomen. 
called 911, rushed the hospital. Um, the sources have not heard what caused the pancreatitis. So it is pancreatitis. So here's the paragraph that says everything we know so far. He went to West Hills Hospital and Medical Center near Calabasas, California on Tuesday morning after an undisclosed health scare. Um, he was rushed to a different hospital. According to the timeline, Travis tweeted, God save me while seeking treatment. That's really dramatic and scary. <laughs> like you don't want to hear one of your favorite artists no. tweet that out. Is um, pancreatitis different than appendicitis? It's probably a dumb question, but uh, it's at least I a guess one's name. your pancreas, one's your appendix or your. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm a rockter. Oh, boo. <laughs> um, Rockter making rockumentaries. <laughs> With, uh, wait, sorry, I got caught back in the article. It's just talking about his relationship to Kourtney Kardashian at this point. <laughs> so, that, what the hell? It's just like, literally, just like, they've been married this long. Like, what does that have to do with his health? Just filling space. So, I don't know what the latest is. But uh, hopefully he's all right. It's, I would think pancreatitis sounds like a pretty like routine thing, but I don't know. Not a doctor. He's getting treatment, so hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had um, an idea for us for the pod. I a, did. A summer, summer reading assignment. Can you fill me and the listeners in? Of course. So... <laughs> Remember how growing up we had summer reading to do for school? Like we had to like read like, I don't know, like two or three books and like do a report on it and like hand it to your teacher on the first day of school. Yes. So I was thinking <laughs> summer would be a good time to do some summer listening for the podcast where we deep dive an artist we've never deep dived before. And then we, we report back on the podcast in September when school is back in session. <laughs> You're signing me a book report, Brett. I was going to sign myself. I thought you were going to sign yourself <laughs> on too. <laughs> do you have Do you have an artist in mind? I do. All right. What well, What are you thinking? Because I I have no idea. But we'll see. All right. So last week I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Sixty Songs Explain the Nineties, which is slowly turning into Ninety Songs Explain the Nineties. But they did an episode on Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And it was a phenomenal episode. And he kept like pulling stuff from this book called Smash, which came out in 19, which is all about all the albums that came out in 1994, where like Green Day blew up and Bad Religion blew up and Offspring blew up. All those bands got big at that time. Kind of like Sellout, only it strictly stays in 94. And then he got into talking about Bad Religion. And then he talked about the drummer in, in Pup was the guest on that show. And then they were talking about Bad Religion again. So I was like, Bad Religion has toured with Rise Against. I've heard about them my entire life, but I've never really deep dove their discography. Like I know a handful of songs, but like there's this book out there. Bad Religion has a book. They, there's like, they're very political and have like really strong messages in their songs. So I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm on the short punk rock kick now, short song punk rock kick now. So why not deep dive Bad Religion this summer and report back in September? 
Wow. I absolutely love that entire thought process. <laughs> I thought this was going to start where it came from. <laughs> I thought from the beginning, you were just going to say, you're going to listen to the offspring. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not really that creative. <laughs> pretty sure you'd probably do that already. <laughs> I love that one, especially because, yeah, Rise Against credits them as like one of their biggest influences. Um, and they, but, I'm pretty sure they were at the last warp tour we were at too. They've toured with the Offspring, and like I don't think I really like paid much attention during their sets, other than like their songs lasted like two minutes tops. Yeah, I think uh, Greg Gaffin is Graffin is like their their main guy, the Epitaph founder. Yeah, no, that's a different guy, I think. Oh uh, well, they're they're definitely on Epitaph or or were. I don't know where they are now. He was the guitarist that founded it. Huh. Wow. Even there, I just pulled up their Spotify bio and it's like eight paragraphs. They've been around a really, really long time. Uh, that's that's a great one. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this and come back next week with my my choice. Cause I wanna I wanna pick something. Pick something good. I want to pick a band that I could buy a book on. Yeah, Bad Religion has a book, so that's why I yeah. figured I'd combine the book, uh, and then as they talk about each album, listen to that album along with the book. Oh, uh, it's great. It kind of goes hand in hand. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I want to listen to Bad Religion. Can I listen to that too? <laughs> you make it a podcast assignment. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, then, then we can present to the class, and I can learn all about Bad Religion through you. Bad Religion 101. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look around at some influences of my favorite bands and and see where I see where I wind up. Might be the Sex Pistols. It's possible. I'm sure there's a book there too. <laughs> there's definitely a book, and I will definitely be reading it once I figure out how this story ends. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be an OD, but that's not really a hot take <laughs> or like an out there guess. I just learned about this dude, this dude, Sid, who joined. And like, I've heard the term Sid and Nancy like a gazillion times, but I don't know from what. I mean, I know it's from the Sex Pistols now, but I can't think of what I've heard it referenced in. Um, but apparently, Eminem like, song, maybe. Right. That's what I keep thinking, but I'm not sure. Maybe it is an Eminem song. Um. But like this guy, Sid's like barely in the band. Like he doesn't, he joined the band. And he's like, I don't even know how to play bass. I mean, that's, that's how I got in my first band. But like he just wanted to be a sex pistol. I don't know. Wow. Hold on. I got your answer. <laughs> Ooh, it's not Eminem though. It's not. Um, do I know? Can I get a hint? Or do I not know? You know, but I'm, I don't know how I'll give a hint to it. Ooh. That's a hint in itself. It's lyrics, though, in a song. Yep. Um, well, I googled Sid and Nancy lyrics, and Machine Gun Kelly came up, but I wouldn't know that. Come, my lady. What is? Oh, was that a hint? That was a hint. Come, my lady. Oh, the limpest of biscuits. <laughs> Not biscuit song. Not limp biscuit. <laughs> But <clears throat> around that same time, 
That's not Limp Biscuit. Uh, cra- crazy Town? Yep. Butterfly. <laughs> I could have sworn this. I would have bet anything this is a Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> Who the hell is this band? They sound like Limp Biscuit. All right, for my deep dive, I'll be doing Crazy Town. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the guy who was in the plane crash with Travis Barker was in Crazy Town. Girl, it's me and you like Sid and Nancy. So sexy, almost evil. Talking about butterflies in my head. I don't know if this is what I was thinking of. <laughs> but it's certainly possible. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have something next week. I'll have a, a thesis prepared for you. Deal. Yeah. I think I actually made up the Travis Barker thing. I don't think he was in this band. <laughs> That's okay. No one, no one fact checks us. <laughs> <laughs> um, except uh, Matt. Matt does. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I'm glad he does, though. <laughs> yeah, we need Matt as our producer so he can fact check us in live time. Just be like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> He's like, that's that's not Limbiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> it is Limbiscuit. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> Crazy Town is wrong. Um, what do we got for next week? Uh, new Shine Down. Anything else? New Camp Trash, too. Their first full length. Oh, Camp Trash. I remember listening to this EP, but that's all I remember. Is and that the song Bobby is incredible. Ooh, they have they have a couple singles out. <laughs> Haven't listened to No, me either. You know me. I've been dying to listen to these singles. <laughs> No, I didn't even know this album was coming out, but I'm excited. Um, okay, cool. That's our show. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Nick. Good to be back after a short break and a long draft. All right, bye, Until everyone. Next week. We love you.